It's those two assholes. <clears throat> those two idiots you saw me talking to at the third rail. Just he doesn't want to touch the third rail. That's you've hit the third rail for sure. That, that is the third rail. Saying white people have interest. Third rail. The third rail here is uh, another wonderful show on our on the uh, TRS network. And it's the third rail. You will be destroyed. It's the third rail. You will be destroyed. Watch out for the third rail, baby. That's high voltage. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Like a Jewish pedophile rapist getting his own personal 110th expulsion from this mortal coil by St. Kyle of Kenosha, this is happening. Welcome to the most huggable retarded legal and financial advice podcast on the air since 1979 howdy i am dk filling in for specter who went out for cigarettes but assures us he will be back any minute now while uh, boardsway is communing with the ancestors in fushian province to my left he's the guy who gives the model trains autism give it up for dark enlightenment good morning good morning and uh, we're supposed to be joined by Coach, but he seems like he's uh, have you know has a he's running a little late. I'm sure he had, you know he's a family guy, a bunch of kids. Uh, uh, no worries there, but hopefully he'll be able to join us uh, soon. In the meantime, how are you doing? I'm as well as can be expected in this clown world environment. It's been a an interesting week. It's, it certainly has. It's 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 kind of crazy. All these things snuck up. I didn't. Uh, I guess I I don't know how. Um, uh how to say i i imagine it's at least partially accidental um just given you know the fact that all these different events happen in such wildly different times but it's it's interesting as a lot of people have have been commenting that uh these these uh court cases these trials simultaneously of the uh the armed robbery jogger and saint kyle of kenosha and uh uh the uh signs v kessler are all happening Literally, I mean, these they're 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 overlapping, right? And um, we we're now seeing uh, this this week was the, I think the first week that all of these things were happening simultaneously. The the Sainsby Kessler jury selection started a little earlier, and I don't think we I think the jury selection has gone on for the ar- armed robbery case. I don't I don't yes, think they've has. gotten, yeah. but they haven't gotten the, the, to the actual trial yet, right? Yeah, the, tr- the trial starts Monday, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So the the next week crossing. will be another great week of just kind of simultaneous. Um, Hot and heavy legal action, and and yeah, it's 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 uh, definitely. I mean, I, and that, these aren't even the only things going on, but I think kind of justifiably, um, they're the main topics of conversation in our thing, and and um, at the risk, perhaps of of um, I don't think we're going to beat any dead horses, and 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 maybe people are are tired of this content. I'm certainly not. Um, I um, I've been listening to um, I've been listening to to as much as I can of the proceedings, which, uh, for the most part, I will I will say have been quite riveting. And, and there's a, a couple things I want to pick out uh, for for discussion. Um, and uh, if you haven't been able to do that, I know it's it's extremely obnoxious. Uh, the the uh, the judge who who I will say at the outset, I think Judge Moon, from my perspective, I understand we have our issues with him and his in his clerks, you know, or like basically donators, the ADL or whatever. But um, he, I I would say he's been a, keeping it. Pretty good. I mean, he's he's done a good job, and and I I'm not only saying that because he keeps slapping down the plaintiffs, and and saying that they need to stop basically lying and 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 being manipulative. Uh, we'll we'll get to that, I guess. But um, anyway, uh, if you if, well, you, if I, you have, sorry, I yeah. have I have been keeping up with, uh, 
Spectre's excellent coverage. Over That's what I was going to say. It's, it's, he, the judge made it impossible, basically, for if, if you only have to call in a number and then put in a code, and then there's only 500 slots, and they tend to fill up, especially you know towards midday in in the early afternoon. But um, yeah, Spectre has been doing a fantastic job for the national-justice.com, or as you know we refer to it, the hyphen, uh, writing up each day's um, you know the the most notable parts of it, and and it's also I think noteworthy on that point that. Uh, as as Specter wrote on on Telegram recently, like uh, this is really the only I, I wouldn't exactly say unbiased, but but I mean, you know, he's calling it like he like it is. I mean, he's saying you know these are the moments that are good for the defense. These are the moments that are good for the plaintiffs. This is basically what's happening. And you know, he peppers in there like you know people are saying this is what's and, and from our thing, which is great. It's good to know what people in our thing are saying. But it, I, I would like to think, and I and in fact I do think that if you were let's say you know. Um, a fair-minded, objective uh, reader or observer, just someone, or just someone who wanted to know more about what was actually happening in this case, uh, you would actually get a really good sense of of the the day-to-day machinations from Spectre's reporting. The same cannot be said. I mean, I don't think, to my knowledge, the, the only Post's coverage is terrible. It's absolute garbage. I mean, it, it's it's editorialized. It's like the journalist's own editorializing, a bare minimum. Of like actual facts and presentation of what was actually going on, and and then like completely glossing over. I don't think they made any reference. Though there were there were, I, I lost track of the count. I mean, over and over and over again, Judge Moon was was reprimanding plaintiffs' counsel. That is the 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 Jews and the ADL. And so I don't know if the ADL is actually, but, but you know, you I think we all understand what's what's happening here. Um, and and over and over again. They they would you know step out of bounds and 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 do dirty little tricks and and um, this really came to the forefront with with Richard Spencer's testimony that ha- happened a couple other times but it, uh, we could talk maybe also about that because I, I think it's um, I don't know it, I, it, anyway we'll we'll talk about Richard Spencer's testimony in a second but one of the things that was going on one of the repeated dynamics there was this this slimy little Jew lawyer from New York uh, uh, I assume I mean he has to be Jew I mean his name is Block and all the every, literally everybody else on the, on the council's team is is Jewish uh, with the names like Levine and and, and stuff um, he would basically say you know oh well didn't you just said you know this and Richard would be like yeah and he's like but didn't you say this other thing and, and, and Richard would be like, well, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, can you show me what I said? And he would play, you know, he would, he would read out uh, deposition, you know, sworn under oath testimony de- in the deposition from, you know, a year or two years ago. And, and it would be basically, it would be like, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm scrambling to come up because, of course, the, the judge isn't allowing recording. He is, it's, it's illegal to record, so do not record this, please. Uh, that's definitely something that I'm saying in, in good faith. Please do not record this. Um, I hope nobody is. But uh, the the he he was saying basically it would be like you know uh, previously Richard would say someone would ask him like you know do do you think that um, do you think that that these people are were were planning violence and Richard would say I can't say that I think that I that they that they did and then in court they would ask him do you think these people were were planning violence and he'd be like no. He's like, ah, well, now you said no, but before you said, I don't think that I could say that they did. So which is, it? and the judge is like, dude, he said the exact, it's the exact same thing, just like a slightly different nuance. It's a slightly, I mean, it's it's just saying the same thing in different words. Like, what is your problem? And he would say this over and over and over again, let, over let me, and over okay. and over again. So this is this is the Washington Post, one of the two newspapers of record, and I'm going to just read the first. Uh, like three or four paragraphs, and and we'll deconstruct them. 
Richard Spencer, questions in Charlottesville trial, downplays evidence of racist and violent intent. By Ellie Silverman. Oh, God. Charlottesville, Richard Spencer, the white supremacist, who led the 2017 Torchlight March through University of Virginia, and it, Jews will not replace us, became increasingly agitated as he was questioned in court. He claimed he didn't lead the march, despite evidence showing he did. And he attempted to dodge questions about whether he intended the surrounding group of counter-demonstrators, mostly college students, were far numbered at a Thomas Jefferson statue that night. Spencer, whitefish Montana, is arguing two dozen defendants in the ongoing federal civil right, civil trial leaders of the Unite the Right rally, which turned deadly when a vowed neo-Nazi drove a car into the counter-protesters and killed 32-year-old Heather Heyer. Without, throughout the trial, Spencer has presented himself as a suit-and-tie-wearing intellectual whose beliefs are simply controversial. Quote, controversial. But on Thursday and Friday, when the plaintiffs took the stand for the witness for questioning, he carefully crafted persona was challenged by plaintiff's attorney, Michael Block, who presented evidence of Spencer's racist statements, his planning for the Unite the Rally, and his celebration and its aftermath. On Thursday, Block displayed a tweet from the night of the Torch March in which anti-fascist activist Emily Gorzinski wrote, quote, they surrounded us in a statue they wouldn't let us out. And about 15 minutes after Gorzinski tweeted, Spencer responded by quoting Gorzinski's tweet and saying, fact check true. Would you agree with me, Mr. Spencer, that the reason you were trying to pin them in the statue was a sign of dominance? Uh, yes, he responded. So, um, there is almost no informational content to the first four paragraphs of this article. It's obviously written by a Jew. Um, and it, it's just editorializing. That is uh, every. Yeah, I mean, you're not getting a sense. Is, I mean, there's no. I, I even I didn't even detect any like. I mean, it was literally all editorializing. They didn't. She didn't. There was basically no reporting on the actual. I mean, it was all just like the 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 journalist's own characterization of um the exchange without. Like actually, even reference. I mean, Specter includes direct quote. I mean, I'm sure he's. I, I know he's not recording because he wouldn't do anything illegal. But he, you know, is, is obviously taking notes as is Jason Kessler. I think Kessler is um, commissioning transcripts of a sort. At least he, he, I saw a transcript of Cantwell's opening statement, which is fantastic and, and makes for highly entertaining reading if, if you haven't seen that. But um, yeah, like I mean, again, this is a, like you know, Specter uh, is put out there like, okay, this is what this person said, this is what this other person said in response, and you can sort of see from there, you know, what is going on. There's absolutely none of that in in this uh, just garbage, these garbage pieces. But but the interesting thing too on that, I think, is is um, it's noteworthy that it just doesn't seem to be getting any airtime. Nobody seems to care. There's very very limited. I mean, okay, I guess it, it's something that the Washington Post is. is paying for someone to do this and run these articles. But beyond that, there, it doesn't, I don't see any discussion hardly. I mean, apart from, you know, socialist dog mom on Twitter and shit like that, like nobody seems to care. Well, yeah. I, um, and, uh, Iron Doom Eddie seems to care quite a bit from Germany. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> uh, but it just, it just goes to show, uh, again, you know, Spectre is providing the best coverage available, and and even though yeah. uh, he's cannot be, um, uh, um, not he can't be described as disinterested. I don't think he was there, but um, you know, a lot of his friends were, and obviously he's an interested party insofar as like it's an ideological battle, but. Uh, you know the hyphen has done a fantastic job, and, and in fact, they're my winner for the week because uh, 
we can touch on this briefly, but they, they were the only ones, uh, you know, months ago to call out the fact that all of the people that Kyle Rittenhouse shot were criminals. And it's right. just now coming out. Most normal people are like, what do you mean this guy raped five kids? What are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. guy raped. Yeah. And yeah, it's, this is evidence of, of how they control the system is by just by controlling the flow of information. You know, you only need, you know, NPR, uh, two or three newspapers, wire services, and, you know, uh, four or five television networks, and you've got the whole system, basically. And uh, that's that's why things like this are, you know, if, if, we, if we were on a fair and even playing field, and I've made this point a million times, and it's kind of tiresome, but it's nevertheless true, uh, we, we'd destroy them. It, would, it wouldn't even be close. <laughs> um, and yeah. uh, Spectre's coverage is real, like journalism. And I, I think that actually the hyphen saying, this is our perspective. This is our, our point of view. We're up for our battle. We're honest about it. We're not going to pretend to be uh, disinterested, but we're going to give you just the facts, you know, uh, who, what, where, and when, when, where, why, how is really, really valuable. Cause then you can say, well, this is what this guy thinks. Whereas is, you know, the Washington post is uh, owned by Jeff Bezos. And the, the art, you know, the, you know, full disclosure, you know, it should have been like full disclosure. Uh, the, the author of this article hates every one of the plaintiffs with an undying passion and ethnic hatred that has been nursed for the last 3000 years. You know, you're, you're letting a woman named. Let's see, what was it? Uh, Ellie Silverman cover a trial of the most prominent anti-Semites in America and you right. can't just you know yeah well I, I mean I have I have several things to to add I think to that first um, as with um, you know the national hyphen may be um, to some extent a niche publication although I, I as I understand it their uh, web traffic is actually very good and increasing um they're having an outsized impact they've already had an outsized impact i mean we saw this whole dynamic with the um the situation in, in i think it was loudon county virginia where uh it was eric striker's own original reporting that broke you know this uh, several of the aspects of of you know the uh, this um the police officer involved in the uh, uh repression of dissent among the, in the school board situation and how he had you know, shot his own daughter and was basically just an idiot and a scumbag. Um, and this story got picked up in, in essentially normie conservative social media until it was shut down, not because of anything in it was wrong, but because of these social, you know, these are bad people or something. Um, and, and the thing is like when we are the only people who are providing a meaningful alternative not even just an alternative i mean we're providing the facts i mean that, that that's i think the truth of the matter i mean it's not even yeah okay we have our own editorial slant we have our own beliefs we have our own ideology and that is going necessarily to color um our presentation but there's literally nobody else who's reporting on these stories right i mean for the, you know, or, or several in several cases it's been you know it, it there's several instances where stuff has made its way typically without attribution from uh national justice 
to like places like Revolver News and and um, and from there, you know, in, into normie conservative media, even Fox type stuff, right? And and I, I'm I'm the, the interesting thing, or, or one of the interesting things about this um, this particular case is how I, I think it's really telling that um, th- there that dynamic hasn't been repeated. Like it, you would think. You like you would think with the level of 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 ownage that's that's currently going on, or even just like from the perspective, even taking a completely opposite tack of you know conservatives who want to distance themselves from quote unquote Nazis, um, that you know they would be there would be some kind of you know oh by the way there's also this thing happening in Charlotte you know remember Charlottesville, um, none of that, none of that, and and I think I was I was telling this on on uh, Telegram and and I think Warren. Warren was was uh, was agreeing, and 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 Greg Conti and others. The 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 problem is, um, like as you were saying, with the uh, like people just not knowing that Joseph Rosenbaum had a history of sodomizing little boys. Uh, like the the received narrative of Charlottesville, unless you were there or at least in our circles, um, which I was not. I was not there, and I was I was kind of on the fence at the time. I was sort of like. Was sympathetic to to the to the demonstrators, and um, but I wasn't going to go. And uh, I, you know, when I saw the, I my I, maybe it's a little time to talk about my my own experience. I think it would be interesting, um, and I'm curious about yours as well. If you want to talk about it, D, obviously you don't have to. Um, I was like, okay, this seems like you know a good idea. I'm I'm definitely in favor of preserving the Confederate. I was always, even when I was a relative normie, I was like, this is an important history and should be preserved and so on. I, um, I, one of the few things I'm I'm grateful for is that I actually got to see it before it was gone. Um, yeah. But go ahead and finish. Your yeah. Story, so so I I saw I I kind of expected because given you know the the there had been so much violence and lead up and and just you know see like the Battle of Berkeley and all this stuff and the the Trump rally in San Jose that you know normal family men like escaping <laughs> violent attack from Antifa just for attending a Trump rally and this kind of stuff. I, I expected, I think everybody with any sense, which is why they were playing security, you know, detailed security plans expected there to be uh, some amount of violence. When I saw the reporting of the Tiki torch ranch, uh, uh ranch, <laughs> why I said the March, <laughs> that's a funny Freudian substitution. Uh, when I saw the the pictures and the video on Twitter from the Tiki Torch March, uh, the, pre, the on the night of the 11th, I was like, "Oh, that's really cool. Those are great optics." And I was really impressed that um, there was no violence. I guess it turns out there was some minor scuffling around, you know, the the the, the statue at at night. But I, I, I distinctly recall the reporting at the time, even from the left. It, people were horrified. I remember the, the reaction on Twitter from like leftoids and kind of uh, uh, never Trump type or at least, uh, uh, you know, rightoids who are <laughs> against the, the idea of the rally. You know, like we're, we're quote unquote conservatives and that's why, we, you know, et cetera. I think everybody understands this. Um, the uh, they were all horrified that like they were like, oh, look at these nerds in these khaki pants. It's like, first of all, they look cool. But even leaving that aside, they marched in formation they were disciplined. Yes, there was some like opportunity for confrontation. They didn't take the bait, and everybody was reporting. Even the leftoids were reporting at the time that um, that there was no violence. That they were, and, and this was actually a bad thing to them. They were they were like expecting more fierce resistance or something from from Antifa. They were expecting there to be fights to break out. They're expecting, I think, the 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 marchers, the Tiki Torch uh, marchers, to in you know to to just unprovokedly assault. 
people or something. And when that didn't happen, it sort of threw their narrative into disarray. And, they, and so they were very, 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 um, very, very upset. And, and of course, the Jews will not replace us. And that's, I think, really where this whole idea of, of you know, just saying Jews will not replace us will um, w- was like, like that in and of itself is violence is, is sort of how they look at it. And, and that's definitely how, how they're pre- presenting it in court. Um, and at the time, as someone who was, you know, I, I kind of understood the contours of the JQ. I wasn't 100% sold. It was really, uh, I don't know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was notable that, that they were freaking out so hard about, you know, just the accusation. Because I, just the, the, the idea of putting it in people's minds that, yeah, because, you know, I was already, I think a lot of people were kind of, at that time, there was a lot of discussion of the 1965 Immigration Act and this sort of thing. And um, there was a question then, as I guess to some extent there is now, over, okay, who is responsible for the 1965 Immigration Act? You know, is it Ted Kennedy or is it the guy whose name is on the bill of sellers, right? Um, and and this kind of thing. And uh, so, so the... Uh, the next day, I was not, I was just, you know, again, observing from a distance, seeing it happen in real time as people were putting photos and videos on Twitter. Um, it, it, it was interesting. It, w- it was like, I, I, I had expected there to be violence. I had expected there to be uh, some kind of um, uh, confrontation when there wasn't at the Tiki Torch March. I was like, oh, okay, it seems like they're going to pull this off. Seems like it's all going to be, you know, um, just fine. It seems like like they got this handled. Their security plans are good, and everything's working out. Uh, obviously, <laughs> it didn't it didn't turn out that way. But but I remember seeing again, just you know, uh, like kind of a um, not even exclusively from 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 our guys, or, or even just not, not even ever, it's not like everybody there is our guy, or then or now. Um, Jason Jason Kessler certainly isn't. Uh, it it was it was interesting that you know you had. Photos and videos of violent anarchists and, and Antifa just uh, just completely unprovokedly assaulting rally goers. You had leftists, including some of those Antifa on the ground, bragging about assaulting people on Twitter um, and saying like, "Yeah, that you know this dude got his face punched in and shit like that." Um, and yet somehow the narrative was set, I, I, I guess, definitely in the media and then maybe with people who weren't paying such close attention that it was just, you know, as we all, you know, that, that it was just a, just a, um, well, this was Thomas Baker, I guess, who was one of the guys who, who, who was injured in, in James Fields' uh, car accident, um, was, was, was one of the plaintiffs. And he was asked by, by plaintiff's counsel, like, okay, so what was the atmosphere after the, after the, um, after the uh, unlawful assembly was declared, he's like, "Oh, it was very joyful and very peaceful. It was all churchgoers and family families, and we were all singing songs and we were very happy, and it was all just very joyful and peaceful. It was basically like he didn't say we were all singing kumbaya, but that was <laughs> he might as well have, you know." And I was like, "What? Who do you think you're fooling? I maybe they are just going to rely on." Um, on the jury's ignorance or something or people's ignorance generally, but you know, they, they've struggled. The plaintiffs have struggled repeatedly. I mean, that was again, one of the kind of, you know, repeated noteworthy dynamics is the, um, the plaintiffs would say, okay, we want to play this video, but we want to play it from like, 
you know, one minute and 14 seconds to one minute and 18 seconds. And in that like four minute, four second stretch, you see like you, you do see, you know, one of the rally goers attacking one of or more. You know, there's some kind of confrontation where, yes, in that in those four seconds, uh, uh, Unite the Right attendees are doing something violent to Antifa. In those four seconds, <laughs> and so the um, and then on 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 uh, on uh, on recross. So the way the way legal stuff works is typically is you call a witness, you ask you know the, the plaintiffs go first, you ask them you know to, to to give their testimony, and then the defense gets a chance to ask the the witness to to recross the, the witness, but they can only ask about stuff that came up during the cross. So when the when the defense witnesses when the sorry when the defense Council is going up and asking these witnesses, okay, well, what about the one minute and 13 seconds prior to the one minute and 14 second mark? The plaintiff's counsel objects, like, well, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> and, and, and it's just so underhanded and so Jewish and, and so, like, completely. I mean, obviously, and every, I think everybody kind of understands. I think even the jury, I, I have to imagine, I mean, who knows? I, I, we, you don't want to speculate. It's just impossible on, on, you know, what's going on in their minds um but but they fought tooth and claw uh you know just the bloodiest imaginable legal battle over you know strenuous objections and objections and the judge having to step in and say well some of this is obviously you can he's like look we can't play the whole thing because i guess the whole thing didn't come up but um you know here is uh you know, you know we why don't you just play a couple seconds prior to the you know you can play from 110 to 118 instead of just 114 to 118 right um, this kind of thing, and uh, so I, I, it, it's again telling that their whole case, such as it is, rests on um, not not even just like manipulation, but just a selective presentation, not deliberately deliberately excluding context, and not only that, but preventing the defense from presenting from being like they're saying. Well, they're using like legal tricks and the kind of like the most. Uh, a narrow and Talmudic possible reading of the rules of, of civil procedure to prevent them from from presenting like any context outside of just the immediate fact of like did this person hit this other person? Yes. Um, meanwhile, of course, we have now. Uh, it came out a few months ago. There's drone footage somehow leaked. I, I think it was originally what was it to uh, the Gateway Pundit of um, basically an hour and a half or more. Really, I mean, basically the entire event from multiple angles showing exactly you know what what like everybody who was paying attention it was relatively because i would say you know first of all i would say in general i i'm, I'm pretty objective and, and 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 you know despite the fact that i have my own position relatively unbiased or certainly capable of suspending any kind of bias i might have to to look at the the um to look at the the, the evidence and, and 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 examine it objectively um you didn't need to be, you know, a sympathetic person or even, you know, an informed person at the time. We now have basically the whole rally captured from, you know, drone footage above. And you can see the rally goers mass in the park. Antifa start the violence. Antifa escalate the violence. People try to get out. People preventing from getting out by Antifa and the police working together. You know, the police essentially forming a wall and then Antifa forming the knife, right, um, that, that's pinning you against the wall. And, uh, and, and I, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I have to imagine this is all going to be presented 
next week, you know, when, when the, uh, when the defense gets to call their witnesses and, and I'm sure they'll enter all these videos and, and, um, I don't know if they're going to force the jury to sit through, you know, an hour and a half of drone footage. I kind of hope they do though. I really hope they do. Sorry. I've been going on for, for, for a while. I just, uh, um, I just think this stuff is really interesting and, and, and I guess I have a lot to say. Well, it is interesting and I'm, I'll be very brief. Um, for, for personal reasons, I couldn't, couldn't go to, uh, Seville, but I was fully on board by then. And, uh, I watched anxiously and, uh, was worried about all my friends there. And, uh, one of those friends that was there has just joined us. Welcome, please. Uh, coach Finstock. Hey brothers. Can oh, you hear me? Hello. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. How, how long have you been there? Oh, for a while. Uh, okay, okay. So you were able to hear what I had. You were able to hear hear what Absolute, I had to say. Great. Absolutely. Okay, great. You t- you talk almost as fast as some of those uh, Jew lawyers from New York in the courtroom. <laughs> Get out the calipers on you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no. I Welcome to the show, you. Coach. How you doing, brother? Thanks, Dark. Doing great. Yeah. Saturday morning. It's cold here. Frost out on the grass, and uh, I'm inside. I'm not in the gazebo, but uh, I really can't talk about Charlottesville. The trauma four years later is is still too much for me. So uh, sure. yeah, sorry, you're you're out of luck. No, that's totally understandable. <laughs> and I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. That's no, um, wait, wait, it's catnip to us. What 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 what's more fun than talking about our great high watermark, our struggle, <laughs> our the, the the scales falling from our eyes, the Trump betrayal, the uh, the bloody conflict with the enemy. What a day! What a day to be to be alive in August of 2017 in Charlottesville was something else. It's like that Hunter. S- it's like that Hunter S. Thompson comment about you know uh, if you were there at a certain point in the 60s, you could see the high water mark of you know the the peace, love, and everything revolution. That was that. Day. Well, and and uh, actually, I, I think that uh, I, I think we were friends by by then, Coach. Um, if not shortly not, thereafter, not with benefits, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that came later. Um, <laughs> but uh, that comes later. Uh, I think it's important to, to remember, and and you know the the plaintiffs have been doing a good job, or the defense have been doing a good job. Like we had, you know, we were winning. There was the Battle of Berkeley, where you know in in the heart of communist land, Berkeley, California, where literally seventy five percent of the people are communists, and the twenty percent, you know, that most of those remaining are democratic socialists. You know, I mean, sure, got got their shit pushed in. And then there was the Pikeville rally, and there was a bunch of other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And we were we were winning the argument. Most of us were still allowed on Twitter. We were, you know, we were literally winning the meme war. We we, you know, I, I truly believe we memed Donald Trump into the presidency. There was still hope for pr- Trump at the time. You know, like he he'd just been inaugurated in January, and you know uh, was was getting started and. The, the you know usual Washington tricks were up to the usual Washington tricks and weren't weren't you know he wasn't hitting the ground as fast as we would have liked but things seemed to be on the up and up and uh there there was just no argument with any of our takes we were just right about everything and and it scared them to death the fact that it still does still does here and those absolutely. guys on the stand you know you you give a national socialist a platform where he's not going mm-hmm. to be clubbed in the head or uh you know even the objections from the from the jurors the the truth still wills out in this case right when you hear michael hill on the stand and he was hear, phenomenal uh, yeah yep. and, and heimbach too i mean for all i mean he's a little spurgy whatever but like he, he gave he would 
people respond well to moral confidence. I think that's something that Mike keeps hammering on, and it, it's it's a really well taken point and something that everybody should should really take to heart. Um, Spencer, for example, for example, by contrast, was clear. You know, whatever's going on with him, he, he was trying to back away, trying to you know. Uh, shrink down in, in certain ways and, and, and weasel out of, of certain of, uh, you know, positions he's taken, which okay, I'm not going to judge him for that. That, that that's fine. But it, it just, I, I have to imagine, you know, speaking for myself and, and I imagine for, for pretty much anyone listening, it, it did not come off as strong or authentic compared to like, even if you think what, what Michael Hill or Matthew Heimbach is saying is, you know, maybe reprehensible or, or evil or something, the fact of the matter is they were they were you know when they were confronted like i i think the the it seemed like the plaintiff's counsel was expecting them to either try to weasel out or say like oh that's not really what i don't really think the jews are what you know what's wrong with the country you know they're, they're in control of the the court they, was, there was a notable exchange where um uh, you know the uh, levine asked hill dr hill if if he you know if he thought that Jews ran the. He's like you, you said. You referred to the you know the Charlottesville court system as Jew run. Michael Hill's like yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, yes, I did. Um, I'm not saying. He's like, I'm not saying that like it's literally. But I mean, in a general sense, yes, that's that's what I think. You know, and and Levine just like just about blew a gasket. <laughs> if only we had a camera in that courtroom to see those yeah. little eyes. You know? and, and oh Judge my Moon, god. Who's basically? I mean, if anyone should be insulted, it's Judge Moon, who's like he's kind of in a sense he's impugning what? the you know honor of his courtroom. He was like, look, he gave you an answer. Just move on. Well, and (laughs) somebody get me Norman Moon in a a skull mask and glowing eyes. (laughs) I I was telling I was in the third rail like side. I was like, Judge Moon is about three seconds from telling the marshals to get this slimy kike out of his courtroom. Like (laughs) you could tell he was just getting so frustrated. Well, I think that I think that this the trial has been very interesting. Uh, in this one respect, remember that again, the hyphen broke this story, I believe uh, that the 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 law clerks were all like like liter- like a literal Israeli and then buddies with the plaintiff. So when Michael Hill says that the court you know the court system is Jewish, he's not lying, right? Like like yes, there was a literal foreign citizen, you know Jew running. Yeah, you know, working on the case. It's, and it's a it, farce that it's made it this far, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. We're, we're joking about base Norman Moon, but it's just like even that octogenarian, like right, Jewish right, right, tricks, right. is too much for, even for him. Yeah. Right. Well, th- this just goes to show you that, um, you know, all the pretrial stuff that he didn't work on. I, I think that he he had no idea a lot. Of, I mean, he's. he's it, 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 when the case began, he was in his 80s and his. What is that? Hello? That, that dark's uh, hearing aids going off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he left anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it looks yeah, a little technical difficulty. Yeah, I can pick back. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Go on, go on. No, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, if, for anybody listening to this who has not dialed in, whatever sorry. you can do, you, sorry, you guys, have... I, oh. I messed with my microphone and <laughs> pulled a cord. And, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Your pacemaker um, went off. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, dial in for those of you that can. If you can't, um, if you're like on the West Coast and all, uh, like I am, uh, uh, Spectre's coverage is fantastic um, at the hyphen. Uh, Jason Kessler has been uh, kind of live blogging it from his uh, 
Telegram account. Um, yeah, uh, hearing, the, hearing our ideas on the stand is, is just something else. And we're at, we're at th- those who can dial in. There's only 500 slots, and you have to figure that about 250 to 300 of them are Nazis listening in with popcorn, right. and the other oh, half easy. are yeah, yeah right. you know, commie pinko journos who are not going to record it accurately whatsoever. And that's – I'm not going to black pill about this, right, because it's totally inspiring to see our guys, even though they're under the gun – metaphorically by the system uh many of them are standing strong despite you know kessler sniping at this person or that on telegram uh it's just that you're you're only going to be able to read this one day right i don't know if anybody's ever going to hear this so it's like a little window into this you know the trial of the century so far for us and the juxtaposition, the contrast between these, I think it's like four out of five of the lawyers or three out of four, I don't know, are are Jewish and with no sense of humility, modesty, or perhaps what I hope you would think a normal human jury. Now, you know, they're not all from Charlottesville, right? They're from rural Virginia and environs. You have to think that someone with a, a pulse and a you know, a uh, half a brain can see that these guys are hemmed up. That's what we hope, right? And it, all it takes is one juror to say uh, not liable, stick yeah. to his guns, and do that. It doesn't have to be unanimous. It just takes one to throw a stick in the in the wheel virtuously, right? Not even talking about like malicious compliance as a juror hoping it's, for it's, that. Yeah, but they have it's to have fun. the moral courage as the as the other right. thing too. Like even though these guys, even though the case is weak. As a soft noodle, and even though these guys are doing an admirable job with some exceptions, uh, it's still, you know, this is a political trial, and these people, uh, this never, is not a threat from me. What the, to Derek Chauvin. <laughs> yeah, the jurors have na- names and addresses yeah. too, and they're not worried about us, they're worried about the. Co- yeah, right. it's so hilarious. These. These lefties who right. claim to be in like sheer terror of us, they were so afraid of us. They were marching through the streets and they give interviews, the Samantha Froelich, you know, giving interviews to news organizations with her face and, and voice. Oh, I'm terrified. I'm terrified for my life. Like, it's, it, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's well, it's just lies. Thing. It's just yeah. it's just lies. Oh, cool. yep. and, and I don't know how much more we we could talk about this all day, but I, I think that the vitally important thing, coach, and, and you were there both there in terms of. And then uh, in the general area, yeah. uh, I, I think the, the important thing is that, um, A, this is most people's first chance to to really engage with the material that's kind of been, you know, a daily part of our lives for the last four years. Sure. Um, and, you know, the hyphen's doing a great job. Uh, Spectre's doing a great job uh, covering yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think that what... Uh, our task right now is is to like tell you know normal people like hey this you think J six was like this this is the precursor to J six this is the precursor to all of this other stuff you know like without Charlottesville no Derek Chauvin trial sure and uh, it's absolutely. a huge yeah the 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 big takeaway that everybody should have is the the lesson learned the missed opportunity from us because even in the immediate aftermath uh when we went like we had licked our chops or licked our wounds and gone back to our hotel rooms to watch the footage and we we're like oh my you know we're, we're, like pupils still dilated can you believe that that happened even though they shut us down we still thought that that was a victory because they were so afraid or cared so much about the risk of our 
voices getting out and our strength and numbers on the streets that they had to go to such skullduggery yeah airplane cr- or a helicopter crash a car crash yeah. uh, <laughs> everyone's calling us terrorists and we're like we were just there we're the opposite right. of the terrorists so but what what i mean by that is that even in the the days and the weeks after that uh you remember it was four or five days later when trump gave what you could what could arguably constru- be construed as the most explicitly pro-confederate statue and pro white cause in history now of course he did weasel words stuff and when you go back and read it it wasn't that great but at the time we thought holy hell we came together we rattled the system's cage we forced them to come out and essentially be terrorists themselves and we've got a huge court case uh class action that would be 100 percent valid against the city of charlottesville against the commonwealth of virginia against all the assorted characters there who had come armed and intended to shut us down but the huge in a, in a sane and just society, Wes Bellamy would be mowing Jason Kessler's lawn from now <laughs> until he died. In yep. period uh, piece clothing, too. Yes, this would be a whole <laughs> uh, but we but we couldn't and we didn't for a number of reasons, right? Spencer completely showed a lack of ability to be competent when it came to holding the forces together, mounting a legal defense fundraising for this purpose. A lot of our guys went wobbly. Some of them just sort of said, oh, boy, uh, this is a little too hot for me. I just planned on a little walk in a park that Saturday. Uh, And then other guys did the disgusting, craven, disingenuous crawl back to Daddy Trump, to civic nationalism. And now it's like a little bit of the the trad cath stuff to safer territories just because things went wrong. Right. It would it would be like living through the beer hall pooch in Munich and say, you know what, this national socialism stuff, it it just it's got no legs. Uh, You know, it's it's bad optics. That's you know, we, we don't have to rehash that whole thing. But that. You know, the system showed its cards and showed that they were absolutely opposed to us assembling, speaking, and having the sort of growth and uh, the sort of trend lines that we had at that time. They had to shut it down. We tragically did not have the discipline or the competence to keep it together and mount a counterattack because, in some alternate timeline, that would have been the pivot. To greater things, right? There was the potential for that. I hosted a dinner for veterans at my house maybe three weeks after that. And even then, we were still celebratory, right? We know we we wanted to hear those damn speeches. We wanted the world to hear us and see us. And goddamn, they did. But even, you know, three weeks, a month later, we still thought it was a success because of uh, the, the consequences. And now looking back, uh, you're like, it, well, you could still judge it as a success because it rattled the system's cage so much, but we utterly failed to capitalize. So going forward, everybody has to have way more self-discipline and ability to shut up and come together and do the right thing to fight our enemies in the courts, in the lawsuits, and, and all the rest of it. It's a, well, it's, a, it's a real tragedy. It's a historical tragedy of one little part of our movement and our cause. One day we'll look back on it. And there will be murals and statues and and all the rest of it, knock on wood. You know, I hope that. I'm not always an optimist, but I think that is within the realm of the possible. Uh, But it's certainly a lesson learned that we have to take to heart. Well, I I think that um, I I agree with you on all all those points, but I think it's something that uh, needs to be um, understood. And this is is where the people who were 
trying to like get back in the good graces of the system uh, uh our show just to complete like like the, the system showed you what it is and that there's no that it that it's evil and there's no working with it and you know the, the other big story of course is in politics this week which i know you're intimately familiar with is you know retaking virginia by the republican party oh god <laughs> and and uh i I'm just wondering as someone who was you know familiar with familiar with it uh i i want to contrast these two things because uh you know glenn youngkin shares more in common with terry mcauliffe he's he's a carlisle group hack uh the idea that, that he has something in common with like the shenandoah valley rural white virginians who put him in uh, from from someone who I know who would be in a position, you know, all the people in Western Virginia, like I essentially held their count until, you know, Fairfax, Arlington, Loudon, and a few others uh, submitted their so so that they're yeah be I saw well, they 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 were supposed to they were required by law. Sorry, never mind. I don't want to go there right now. Go on. Sorry, but but people who think that like Glenn Youngkin's a win. Like this guy's yeah. anti-gun, anti-Confederate statue. He's not from right. Virginia. I don't think so. You know, he you, he pledged. He said he, he agreed. He he said he agreed with the people who wanted to take it down, and uh, and he he pledged earlier on day one to to you know pass this anti-Semitism legislation. So like. I, I I agree, of course, with the with the general point, and and um, I, I think t- t- to me the, the you know reflecting on it uh, from the kind of uh, thirty thousand foot view, a big part of the meaning of Charlottesville is is uh, first of all, coach, I, I don't I get what you mean by high water mark, but I, I think we got much much higher water marks t- to make, um, and and what what to me the kind of broader significance is is really that's the day that we learned that. There, like, no, really, there are no political solutions. There's no amount of voting, especially not for Republicans, that that's going to accomplish anything. The 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 my mistake. The system. Glenn Youngkin was born in Richmond, so. Okay, there you go. Well, I mean, yeah, this thing with the fraud. I mean, I know Mike would had this. People were making fun of the people expecting three a.m. ballot dumps. Um, I mean, for 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 reference, for just to be clear, uh, there was a there was a provision that that uh uh. All of the early ballots had to be counted. Like you had to say, we know we have these many ballots, and we have counted these many ballots at 7 p.m. on election night. Um, those ballots, like at 7 p.m. on election night, Fairfax County, the you know basically the big urban county for Virginia, um, said we don't know. Not only are we not going to give, we we don't have these numbers, but not only do we not have like a count of you know this many Democrat, this many Republican. They claimed that they didn't even know how many ballots they had, and they kept claiming that we don't even know how many early ballots we had for hours, for hours, until it became clear that Yunkin had too much of a lead. It was going to be insurmountable lead, and uh, uh, fairly early on, some of the data, you know, quote unquote, non, uh, nonpartisan people were saying, "Well, this is over." Yunkin won. Uh, it was. I saw it reported that uh, uh, McAuliffe called the White House, and Joe Biden didn't pick up. I don't know how true that is, but it fits with the kind of narrative of like you know we're we're cutting bait. Um, uh, all of which is to say, like I I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, it's not that election fraud quote matters because it's not that elections themselves quote matter in any kind of sense of of um, 
like as I said, the the lesson of Charlottesville as I took it was no amount of like the, the system will not allow you will not allow us to take power within itself within the system ever. There's no and 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 the number one way that you're supposed to do that or the way that that you know it's held up narratively to do it is to um is to is to vote right you know you you go and you get well you know you you get your guy you get you through the primary you get your guy elected i mean we saw what all everybody would happen with you know james also did that i mean he was you know county you know in, involved in his local party politics in a, in a position of power they just stripped him of it and even with kind of relatively milquetoast people but who you know were bad optics in a certain way or, or they just you know could lead people down a um a path they don't want people going down people like you know marjorie taylor green okay she's an idiot and obviously just not any kind of um you know she but but the problem is when she's talking about jewish space lasers like that might give people ideas right um or even just the fact that she's 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 a thorn in their side in a certain way i mean look what they did to steve king right i mean these are and steve king voted against himself he voted to censure himself it still wasn't enough uh, and then he got primaried by wasn't wasn't his replacement Jewish if I recall correctly I'm, I, I I may I may be remembering wrong, um, but yeah so so there's you know th- that that's the thing is is there's just no like and I and I don't begrudge people you know like Mike or who you know, I'm sure yourself coach I mean you've been burned probably harder than just about anyone um, by this you know illegitimate pig system, um, the the. Just the, the 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 blunt fact that there's no that there's you know we thought we could do the thing that you know they say you know this is how America was founded by peaceful you know dissent and then and then the government overreacted but this whole narrative right all this stuff was just blown up and now and now here we are. Hello. Hey. Well. I, I- the coach might have had to step out for just a second. Hold on. Okay, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that that the uh, problem with the system, like like Loudoun County, Fairfax County, that I think there's four of them. Arlington, I forget, I forget what their names are, but they're they're where the you know they're where the GS13s that you know that run the empire live, and these places, these people are okay with you know, rampant fraud um, and, and you know, vast evil. And it, it's for like one person in eight who lives in Virginia wasn't born in the United States. No, I'm not even talking about people <laughs> yeah. who, yeah. who uh, are from elsewhere and then come to Virginia because it's nicer than Maryland and they're working in, you know, the DC swamp. I'm talking about one person in eight in Virginia right now isn't even American, isn't even American. And I saw, yeah, I saw that going door to door for Trump in 2016 and I knew the invasion was hot and heavy in Northern Virginia, but I didn't realize just how bad, I mean, in the, in those areas, Fairfax, Alexandria, even in Loudoun, sort of Eastern Loudoun, uh, it, it seemed like every other house that I knocked on was brown and or non-English speaking primarily, you know, like uh, the little bubby in the back in the chair looking emaciated, like little brown kids coming to answer the door. Uh, it's on. And th- the other thing, and I'm sorry for derailing there, Dark, my, my uh, microphone shut out. I was ready to brilliantly pivot from from DK is that 
uh, th- there's two things going on here, and you can you can draw two different lessons. One is that uh, there was, I mean, there was a white lash in Virginia, and whether you believe in election fraud or not, it was big enough to win, or it was big enough to scare off the people who would monkey with the right. results, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but these are not mutually so that, exclusive either, right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and you know, parents were angry. Like they're like, I mean, Loudoun County, uh, very populous, uh, didn't go for uh, Youngkin, but it did shift massively, and you saw that throughout the yeah. state. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the the rural red areas just went overwhelmingly uh, for Youngkin. So, you know, CRT was a factor. Of course, it wasn't the only factor, but I, I I'm hesitant or reluctant to be too anti-political involvement right now just because things have changed so much things have gotten so bad that it's a much better environment to speak freely say our ideas say that the republicans suck etc and not that there's really an option for people to vote for Mm -hmm. right now but but the other thing too is that there's a real phenomenon whereby youngkin is the kind of republican who allows moderate or slightly liberal whites to vote for him and feel comfortable with themselves, right? And that, of course, is the lesson that the GOP establishment is going to uh, run with, is that you get somebody who's inoffensive and removed from Trump populism, whatever you think of that, uh, no sort of crypto white nationalism or dog whistles, and that is the key to going forward, which, of course, is a disaster. Uh, you know, that that would be the, the worst possible thing. I know guys who – I know pl- tons of guys who live in Virginia. I used to live there. Some of them were like, no, we've seen this so many times before with Bob McDonald. Bob McDonald was this social conservative in Virginia. Uh, he went to a Christian law school, overwhelmingly won because he was GOP central casting. He was safe, and it was the off Obama year when people wanted to turn against him. He didn't only do nothing. He pushed like privatization of the liquor stores and uh, a tax increase. But then he, he got involved in like some sort of you know gift scandal as well. He he couldn't even be squeaky clean, right? He couldn't be like a good guy who got nothing done. He was he was the Christian guy who was corrupt too. Now I went to bat for Corey Stewart and for uh, Ken Cuccinelli back in like Tea Party days and and MAGA days because those guys at least gave you red meat on the invasion and. You know, smash mouth politics with the left. They didn't win probably because they didn't get enough uh, establishment support, but they also, we have to face facts, they scared off a large portion of the white electorate in Virginia because they were seen as being firebrands and stuff. And that, that rattles around in my head too. We like to think that we would get a GLR or a Pierce or an Enoch to go out there and shake these whites by their lapels and say, you know, this is the way it is. This is where it's going to go. And there's still a ton of whites who, for whom that is just anathema beyond the pale and would scare them back in the Democrats arms, not to be too basic bitch political analysis there, but yeah. Right. Well, I think that, yeah, of course they would. I mean, that's, we are all familiar well, with this dynamic. Well, and, and this is why I think um, this week, this last week has been so interesting, is that it, in a weird sort of way, it's almost a complete vindication of our, us and our ideas, right? In a sane society, before you came on, Coach, I said, mentioned that the Rittenhouse trial, the Arbery trial, and the, uh, uh, you know, see if it's science because they just wouldn't happen. They just, it, it's completely ridiculous that any of these cases are happening. And yet here we are. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, justice prevails in all these cases. I don't, I don't think that we'll get all three of them, unfortunately. 
uh, you know, like I, I, I mean, there's a real chance out. that we do, but yeah, of course it's, you know, so we'll I, see, I, I, guess. I, I don't, I, I don't have the faith in the system, <laughs> but, but yeah. what, what it does show. And uh, again, you know, the, the, the election theft is that, is that, you know, like, like, uh, spongy, whatever, you know, can come to Northern Virginia and be like, I'm a Virginian in the same sentence of like, yes, my, my grandfather, you know, my great, great, great grandfather rode with Mosby. Uh, Virginians, like no, you're not. You're 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 here because we're better than you, and you like rent seeking. Uh, and that person pretending that they're a Virginian and getting to vote in Virginia's elections is is a travesty. But above and beyond wherever you know electoral hijinks or you know ballot stuffing or whatever else, um, what I I think that the important thing here is that is that people understand like people in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia understand that it's a war and that they have to win it now where, you know, four, four years ago when we said, Hey guys, this is a war. They want to destroy us. They want to replace us. They want, I, I think that the, the average person in Virginia now understands that. And, um, hopefully that brings people our way because once you understand that and then you start asking questions, eventually you end up here. There was a really pivotal exchange um, in the in the testimony, I think, yesterday. Or anyway, it was it was it was an exchange between Dr. Hill and and uh, and uh, Levine, uh, where he was grilling him on the fourteen words. He's like, "Aren't you? Aren't you? Um, aren't you? Say, you said the fourteen words." He's like, "Yeah." It's like, well, in the, the fourteen words say we must secure, you know, the, the existence of white people in a future for our children. Like, yeah, like isn't and then Levine was like, isn't this just secret code for you want to kill Jews and black people? <laughs> it was like, what, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And but that's the level. And I don't think I don't think Levine was lying. He he lied plenty. I mean, sort of, you know, twisting, you know, facts and, and being manipulative and so on. Um, sure, he, he did plenty of that. I don't think that was what was going on there. I think he honestly, genuinely believes that uh, when when someone says that we must secure a future for white children, that that's it's an expression of genocidal intent. Um, and so, and, the, and <laughs> please, in a certain, yeah. Yeah, well, he's not only is he projecting, but it, if that means that that you know Jews are no longer capable of rent seeking off of white societies. Right. Then, then, then right. that is that is what are they going to do then? You know, then they're in real trouble. Like, well, that's why oh, you know God. Mike says the real the real Holocaust, so to was quote unquote, was removal of Jews from power. Not only that, the the the, the only evidence like that it was noteworthy because they kept and they've they've said this over and over again about like secret code. They try to say like, isn't that a secret code for this? Isn't that a secret code for that? It really struck me as as noteworthy that like in order to to build the whole case rests on the idea that. When you say I want a future for my children, that you're that that's a secret code for I want to kill Jews. Much like you know when when it, not even much like exactly the same way that when Hitler or the, the the National Socialists in Germany said you know we want to relocate Jews outside Germany into this border territory to the east, they're like oh but that's secret code if you want to kill them all. It's like no, we just don't want them here anymore. We don't want them occupying positions of power. This has gone very badly for us to have them in our society. We would, we don't, we know we don't want to kill. If we, we wanted to kill them, we would say we want to kill them. We don't want to kill them. We want them gone. We want them away from us, physically somewhere else, physically removed, so to speak. Right? <laughs> but where they have to go searching for this 
this you know quote unquote secret code because that's that's I mean I, and I said I mean it's just, that's this Ashkenazi psychosis right. I didn't think it was possible to get uh, more anti-Semitic or more woke on the JQ, but uh, t- tune in, tune into the trial, and who boy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's like thermonuclear hutzpah to hear these fabulously wealthy. I won't call oh, them Yankee yeah. Jews, New, New York Jews getting paid more than $500 an hour, I'm sure, for their work on this case. Oh, dude, bottom- they're they're $1,000 yeah. an hour. Sure. Yeah, Easy. I know, right? Like, yep. Uh, and to Roberta hear Roberta doesn't get out of bed for less than 600 I guarantee it. Yeah, the, the, the chutzpah to claim, you know, to go on and on about things that supposedly happened 70, almost 80 years ago to cry the victim while grilling these men in a courtroom about their like ludicrous conspiracy to exercise their first amendment rights surprised even me i didn't i couldn't believe that they had it in them really you know it, it, just the the stretches and and what they're trying to what they're trying to do is to take words and legitimate and i'm not memeing we're not lying to anybody like i was in the the discord and like there are a couple like knucklehead fed posters or whatever but you can see these guys didn't like each other they barely knew each other they're trying to make that connection between words and violence with utter disregard for truth or reality or, or the just the meaning of the connection. words that's the, yeah, like, yeah, dr yeah. hill kept saying over <laughs> yeah. and over again like because he would be like isn't this actually mean you know and he's like no it means what it, it says you know Obey when I say obey the law because there was a post that they of course didn't want admitted into evidence. They're like you can't testify to that. It's like well it's ob- and the judge overruled them, where where because they've been trying to say like oh you came to you know play in violence and all this stuff. He said no on the League of the South website there was a post an announcement to everyone who's going to go like look we encourage you to go comply with all lawful directions if you believe a direction you know do not do anything violent and if you if you believe that you've been given an unlawful instruction by law enforcement comply and then come. To us, we have lawyers on the scene. We will work it out from there. But but you must comply with law enforcement, even if you believe they're giving you an unlawful directive. So like, you know what I mean? And he's like, "Well, doesn't this actually mean that you're planning?" But it's like, "No, it means what it says." And he said, yeah. "I don't know, four or five times. Like, I meant what I said. Like, the words are right there." And Moon had to step yeah. in and be like, "He meant what he said. Move on." Earlier right. on in the trial, they tried to make the argument that by showing up early. To occupy space, (laughs) again, really rich irony there, and bringing shields, that that was a clear indication of intent to commit violence. They were objecting Uh, when, when, because they were, they were, they're really harping on the shields. And they're like, aren't you aware? Aren't you aware that shields can be used offensively? And Doctor Hill's like, yeah, as a you know, as a as a historian with a PhD, I'm aware of the ways in which his shields have been used. Uh, who literally wrote a book about medieval warfare, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yes, and 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 particularly with Doctor Hill, this is especially r- ridiculous because um, I've had the privilege of of talking to Doctor Hill previously and and have followed his work for many many years. Um, uh, um, you can ask him. Hey, Dr. Hill, uh, which one of your ancestors fought in the war and with who? And without skipping a beat, he will tell you my great-great-grandfather on this side and my great-great-uncle on this side, and he fought with this person and this person and this regiment and this and in these battles and with these people. And to say that Dr. Hill has a high opinion of Robert E. Lee is <laughs> is underestimating. Right. Like, like you, you were talking about someone that this man literally regards as the founding father of his country 
Right. Uh, yeah, because he's, I mean, a Southern nationalist, and, you know, he's, yeah, right, he's not an... Yeah, he doesn't consider himself an American. He considers himself a Southerner. He considers himself a Dixian. And, you know, the, 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 the utter vindication of Dr. Hill, <laughs> and like, yes, they're coming sure, to destroy yeah. Virginia in the South, and, and they hate us, and they don't like it. Like, he... So, Southern said. nationalism isn't really usually my uh, preference, but when you put it up there in contrast to New York Judeo Bolshevism, I'm like whistling Dixie and uh, <laughs> ready to fly the rebel flag. Yep. Exactly. Well, and and to say like like he has said, we have been illegally occupied since 1862 or whatever. You know, like, and I don't like these people, and I don't want to be in a country with these people, and I don't uh, regard them as my countrymen, and I don't particularly. Uh, care for any of their rules and stuff like what, what secret code do, he's part of the league of the south <laughs> like right. he doesn't yeah. want anything to do with the united states of well America. and that i think you know maybe you know, I'm looking, as i'm thinking about it i wonder how that's not gonna i mean if it's not gonna be quite dispositive to the jury of like you know because again their whole argument rests on they've introduced this terminology of front stage backstage like front stage you're talking about you know high-minded ideals backstage you just want to kill everybody right um which is obviously bullshit, but the thing is, when when they ask them point blank, like, what do you think, uh, and they say what they think, and and things that are quite offensive to, I imagine, to normie jurors, but they're not hiding what they believe or, or ex precisely, and they're getting, to some extent, there was, I mean, Cantwell has been great on this, uh, especially, on really getting into some of the fine-grained distinctions of, like, okay, well, when you say white supremacist, how do you understand that term in contradistinction to white nationalist right like what what do you mean um because these are not do you think these are the same thing like no okay well, what's the difference and richard spencer kind of gave a kind of bullshit I mean, he's whatever that's a whole other he's his own worst enemy i think everybody kind of understands that he's his own worst enemy at this point and um i think he came off actually ultimately kind of uh i don't know he in like harmless i mean i don't know how else to say he, he's he's clearly he's just trying to be honest and he's honestly some pitiable creature up there yes i had yes. no no friends no clout no good takes just a, a lonely it's biden very, voting very vaccine it's, boosting yeah. uh oh god <laughs> and, and voting for biden and all this stuff yeah well whatever i don't want to psychoanalyze richard i've never met him and i i don't know him and i'm not i'm not to, i'm not trying to dunk on him or anything i i just it was noteworthy that even there where he you know it was clear that Cantwell was trying and he, he richard was like well white supremacy would be like the british empire where you have people ruling over other you know whites ruling over non-whites that's 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 opposed to you know he didn't really define but he, he didn't really give a very good answer but i think people hopefully got what he was going for but um ultimately even richard maybe even especially richard was every, everybody was very you know heimbach was like well look i'm a national socialist i believe that jews are you know bad i don't like jews i don't like jews in my country i would like a country free of jews he's like does that you know do you want to genocide them no I, and, and, did, do you believe hitler wanted to genocide them no right you know there, there was a i was i was kind of there was one slight little I wouldn't say error, just missed opportunity. The the only real thing that I, I thought was um was missing was was because uh, it was a little it was implicit, but it wasn't explicit. It could have been a little more explicit because uh, they they grilled him on you know you you believe you said Hitler did nothing wrong. He's like yes. Um, when when you believe that you know do you believe that Hitler murdered six million Jews? No. The, the question, the missing question, which you know I I, I imagine Heimbach would have given this answer, and I certainly would give the same answer. Call me a cuck if you will. Uh, you know, I, I'm willing to say Hitler did nothing wrong. I mean, in a certain rhetorical sense. But if you were to ask, you know, okay, if you believed 
that Hitler murdered six million Jews, would you say that Hitler did nothing wrong? The answer would be no, right? You wouldn't say if you actually believed in the Holocaust, you wouldn't you wouldn't say that, right? And I think that's sort of what's starting to dawn. It seems like that's what's kind of coming across, at least to me, it, maybe not as explicitly as I would like. Maybe hopefully it'll 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 come across next week. Is uh, is like it, it's not simply that these people are saying, you know, they're giving a forthright, honest, just they're being very very blunt about what they believe and why they believe it. Too blunt. I mean, that's the thing is, I, they, 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 you know, they called Deborah Lipstadt, but they had her on for like half an hour of meaningless bloviation. They didn't really get into any nitty gritty at all. Uh, I heard uh, tel- Jason Kessler wrote on his Telegram that um, that uh, Chris Cantwell had prepared a lot, actually, and didn't end up using hardly any of it um, because they had her on the stand for so little time, probably because they were like the jury was like, why the fuck is she here? And indeed, why the fuck is she here? The, 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 I think the implicit idea that they went going in was like, they're trying to say, well, they're claiming that they don't want to be violent. And maybe it's true that they didn't actually plan violence, but their ideology is inherently violent because even though they're quote, peacefully, uh, advocating for their race and quote, peacefully advocating for the removal of Jews from power, in in pre- in principle, in fact, what that means is like you know, based on the the historical figures, the ideology of the historical figures that that, that they follow, that that inherently is violent because it like that that can only be done by the that was historically done by what we're calling the Holocaust, and that can only be accomplished now by another so-called Holocaust, right? And and the thing is that whole argument falls apart when when the historicity of the Holocaust itself is denied or called into question. Like like for them to say, you know, well, I don't actually believe the Holocaust happened, and if it did happen, I wouldn't be a national socialist. Essentially, like I, I would consider this morally unacceptable, and I would go in some other kind of a direction. That blows up the entire case, right? Nerd alert! Nerd alert! <laughs> Somebody get a rock! Yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, yeah, no. I mean, I I just I just loved hearing Mein Kampf and Hitler did nothing wrong uh, in in an American court. Uh, well, that's the thing. You know, Camel, <laughs> yeah. it's noteworthy. He keeps he keeps asking yeah. like every defendant um, at the <laughs> end of the testimony, "Have you read yeah. Mein Kampf?" And they're like, "Yes," except for Richard. Who, Richard Spencer's like, "No, I haven't read Mein Kampf." He's like, "Okay, all right, I guess." Um, but then, uh, but then he's like, "Okay, well, are you aware of the circumstances in which it was written?" And they all say, "Yeah, it was when he was in prison after the beer hall putsch." Um, and he's like, Do you, are you aware of anything in Mein Kampf calling for violent revolution? He's like, no. And in fact, not only does he not call for violent revolution, he att- attained power democratically. And the whole experience of having him having been in prison was like, yeah, if you attempt violent insurrection against the government, you're going to go to prison and that's where you deserve to be. And so we're going to need another path, right? And and so and and I wonder, you know, like that's it was kind of joking. I think a lot of people have sort of I've seen jokes to this effect from, from different quarters of like there's a non-zero number of jury members who at the very least, at the very, very least, are going to come out of this trial more sympathetic to white nationalism than they were entering it. Seeing these these slimy Jew lawyers from New York, seeing people talk about what's because obviously none of them would have, I, mean, I presume none of them would have ever actually read Mein Kampf. It's just this object of evil hatred that you're supposed to like hate without ever actually looking at. But to hear people talk about what's actually in it and the ideology and the, you know what we believe and this is what we don't believe and to hear multiple people, both Heinbach and uh uh, who was Dr. Hiller? Who uh, somebody? Several people have been like, "Yeah, um, Richard Spencer for sure as well." That you know, we believe we have common cause with black nationalists. We both believe in you know our in in, in separation. We both believe in our you know racial ethnic determinism and a Wilsonian way for our peoples. Um, 
you know, and, and, and we, we don't hate black people. We, we just want to, you know, secure the existence of our people in a future for our children, just the same as black people do. And we can both agree that we are both entitled to pursue those aims. Um, again, it just blows up the whole narrative, right? Sure. And those guys are in the courtroom and looking at the jury and whatever you yeah. think of them, they are not dumb. So you have to imagine that they're judging their human responses and facial expressions, et cetera, yeah. to various lines of inquiry, whether they're cringing or whether they're smirking or maybe even laughing at a couple of these. Uh, but again, it, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, com- it comes down to whether the jury has moral courage uh, or it, all it takes is one to have moral courage in this case and, and call it for what it is. So e- even if they're getting red pills and even if they don't like the Jew lawyers, do they have the stones to possibly ruin their own lives by not going along with the show trial agenda and that's where my human skepticism you know abandon all hope ye who you know roots for our guys in a courtroom come <laughs> come, come come comes into play if you sure, now, now when i was listening to those opening uh statements and i thought you know cantwell had some gems in there but i think he undermined himself a little bit by going too far and too shock jockey i actually have my phone next to me at full volume because i'm uh can't well might be <laughs> he, he might be calling me from the clink uh and I, i'm going to ask him these questions you know insofar as i don't want to get like him in trouble with the with the trial you mean, like and, call you now that would make for some yeah amazing yeah content. well no but that i'm would... saving i'm saving it for full no no you're not getting i'm saving it for oh full okay, okay 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 yeah. great great, great. Yeah, no i was like we're not an exclusive here on the third rail well, yeah, 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 yeah nice try fbi uh, yeah, he's mine he's mine but you know yeah no Cantwell and i've been pals for a while and uh, he was very kind to us when we were uh, in a little bit of hot water and we returned the favor to him but uh, yeah gonna ask him about that but uh yeah if you force me to, if you force me to gamble i love doing this mental exercise you know gamble the lives of your children what's the outcome gonna be it's a roll cards on the table thing in those opening statements i thought yeah they're just gonna find all these guys liable because it, it's just too over the top and you're in charlottesville and these people don't want to suffer any consequences for, for going the wrong way as it's gone along i have uh, allowed myself to entertain slightly more optimism and uh the guys who aren't there um as Madore, uh anglin interestingly hasn't come up too much but uh asmador in particular and his fed post without being there to provide any human example like i think some of those guys yeah they're going to find them liable just well, for i kind of hope i mean but some of the other has a chance yeah i think no me neither but i just think i think i think there's definitely a good chance now if you force me to guess they're going to right now as of today maybe i'll have egg on my face later they're going to return a split verdict where some of the guys yeah. are liable cuz they don't like them and some of the guys or some of the guys are liable because they don't like them, and some of the guys are going to be found not liable because of their pro se performance in the courtroom. I hope. Knock on wood. That's my that's well, my that's my impression as well. Well, certainly Asmador had did done himself no favors, but also like, who is he and what is he really worth? You know what I mean? Like, not to be too sure. Well, yeah. it, 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 oh, I, I, I uh, again wasn't there, so I don't. Uh, you know, the context of the day itself. I mean, I just watched on live streams. Uh, but to me, the value of it is teaching normal people the stuff that we all knew, you know, three years ago. The, the, the I will say, I said it before, I'll say it again. The, uh, without Charlottesville, no resurgence of BLM, no... Uh, uh, no Chauvin trial, none of this Arbery trial. Um, the entire, um, I, I think that 
but maybe this is maybe a little bit too grandiose, but I think that probably the most important domestic consequence of the Trump presidency uh, is is the Charlottesville because of the understanding that's slowly growing on people of like when, when Glenn Youngkin doesn't do anything as a governor of Virginia to actually make Virginia better, right? And he he continues the invasion and does all this other stuff and all these people in rural Virginia who, you know, showed up for him wanting specific things, not wanting their children to be taught to hate themselves and their ancestors, you know, but the three referenda that, that uh, about Southern, you know, keeping the statues, they all passed like 75, 80% uh, in Virginia. When, when those people see what we saw four years ago, then things can really change. And that's the, um, you know, that's the point of this trial is to show that no, like, like basic things like free speech, like, like this is genuinely what I think, like Christopher Cantwell genuinely believes, um, you know, having read Mein Kampf, he was convinced, you know, yeah. Michael Hill genuinely believes, uh, I, I don't know if Dr. Hill would, consider himself a national socialist but you know he genuinely believes that you know jews control our society and that they're hostile to him and him his people in particular and that they're hostile to white people generally and you know for, for these reasons and um if we're not permitted to believe that you know if, if we if we if we live in you know a jewish supremacist state where they can do whatever they want and we just have to take it um i'm not going to say that's fine but at least that's honest and, and I, I would prefer, uh, you know, Confucius say the most important thing is the rectification of names, call things what they actually are. And I, I think that this, this trial does a very, uh, moves the ball very importantly towards that of like, this is actually what the society you live in does, you know, like, like it is evil. And... Go ahead, coach. Please. Uh, yeah. And, and and remember for the for the for the masses. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there, big guy, big guy. For the masses who are not yet receptive to our message, they they have their own Charlottesville. You know, you're talking about the lessons of four years ago. They're going through the lessons of January sixth right now with the you know the, their victims suffering worse than we did. You know, we they didn't they didn't file criminal charges against us because there was nothing to charge. They just came after us with a, a Jew show trial. Those people are languishing in dungeons. And getting the hemp, you know, grandmas and all the rest hemmed up. So if there's one, if there's one message, oh, that's, that's him. Holy cow. All right, guys, I, I think that's him. All right, I got to go. Coach, Hold thank on. you so yeah, much for being here. Right. Yep, I'll be, I'll be back on if I can. All right, well, that was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, everyone from a uh, uh, full house show, uh, Coach Finstock, the host and proprietor over there. So uh, I believe. He's yeah. And I guess Cantwell. check out full house for an uh, exclusive interview with <laughs> Mr. Christopher Cantwell, uh, highly, highly anticipated. I, I'll have to, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, incredible stuff. Um, well, I don't know where to go. From, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Well, I, um, I, th I think, yeah, please. I think that, um, I think we talked about it this a little, I, I want to just tile this together because that's kind of, uh, my inclination. The Arbery trial, right. You know, a, a criminal uh, grabbed a gun from a guy and made violent threats, and he died. The, the Rittenhouse trial, you know, a dude who 
sexually molested, you know, violently raped five boys, told a, a young man, I'm going to kill you. And then tried to kill him and got shot for his trouble. Uh, you know, the Science of Castle trial, uh, uh, a man who was from Charlottesville, whose ancestors fought in the war, didn't want the statues to, yeah, to his ancestors taken down and trashed. Because people who'd moved there last week found it offensive that the people who lived there had statues to their ancestors. Uh, you know, the hyphen has had the best coverage of all this stuff. Uh, you know, the, 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 they were the only people to really tell the truth about the, the criminals in the Rittenhouse trial. Um, they're one of the few to give you an honest accounting of, of the Arbery case, you know, uh, the unprecedented, like, uh, you know, the, the, the prosecuting attorney was like thrown in jail for not prosecuting these people. Um, I believe uh, the, uh, you know, it'll be a while, I think, until, you know, the average normal uh, white person on the street understands what we understand. But it is stuff like this where you can point to they had a permit. You know, a, a federal judge said, no, you can have your rally. There were peaceful rallies that had taken place all summer previous. Remember, this was in August. You know, there had been there had been rallies in, in all through the previous summer in 2017 to you know, push for our issues where no one had a problem in Pikeville. Yeah, there, there were communists, uh, you know, who shouted and screamed and stuff, but there was no violence because the police did their job. And Terry McAuliffe, you know, deliberately, you know, the, the Heafy report that was commissioned by, by the city of Charlottesville entirely vindicated the protesters. Um, and we're seeing in the testimony that, you know, they genuinely believe these things and, and either they have a first amendment right to believe these things or they don't either you have a second amendment right to defend yourself against criminals who say they're going to kill you or you don't. And what we are seeing with the January 6th stuff, with all electoral shenanigans, everything else is that. The system is saying, yeah, that, that was a polite fiction, and you don't have that right. And we expect, you know, um, uh, I think it was uh, Warren who said this, we, they, they can maintain power or they can maintain legitimacy, but we are going to force them to choose. They're not going to have both legitimacy and power. And we are seeing that crisis of legitimacy right now. You know, food prices up ridiculous. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving turkey is supposed to cost $60. How are, you know, like, like th that's a real problem for people with families. Well, you saw them, uh, there was, there's the, one of the, you know, um, things going around leftoid circles, uh, is, um, this family talking about how milk is increased and, and, and they're making fun of them because they say we, we, you know, we're their family of 11 that goes through 12 gallons of milk in a week. Okay. Now. They, they, first of all, they're not necessarily understanding that it's in a family of 11 because their families, if they have them, are one or two kids at most, right? Um, second, like, okay, I will, I will stipulate that, yeah, a, a gallon, that works out to, let's say, roughly a gallon per person per week. And that's a fair amount of milk. I wouldn't say that's an excessive amount of milk, but let's say that it's like a lot of milk for a person. Even so, the underlying principle here is, I mean, they're, they're making fun of people for being concerned about the increase in the cost of a gallon of milk. 
and and a lot of them are saying you know oh milk is a, is, is something like a luxury uh i saw a funny uh thing flowing around post that uh 75 of jews are lactose intolerant which obviously goes a large way of, you know towards ex- long way towards explaining um the reaction on you know the, on twitter and people dunking on this on this family but i mean at a certain point you got to step back and see uh i mean if if you're I saw there was another, you know, the, the the reaction, it's not even just about milk. It's about gas prices. I saw there was a, I think on CNBC, um, a clip of, of someone from the Biden administration um, being asked, you know, are you going to maybe think about pumping more oil so that we can, um, you know, see the gas prices maybe go down a little. And they laughed. It was a woman. She laughed. She laughed at the idea of expanding our production to help bring down prices because they don't, they don't care. These people don't. If they get in an automobile, they have a driver, right? I mean, it's not like they're paying for their own gas at the pump. Uh, right. I mean, Joe Biden has never paid any one of his own bills, right? In in half a century. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Like, like Joe Biden has not had to pay any of his own bills in half a century. Someone else has paid for all of his bills for fifty years. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it it's really you know to the to, and so I wonder. I mean, you know, every time I sort of you know, I, what is it? Boardsway had this joke about you know, increasingly, uh, increasingly white pilled man says things will get based now, any day for the seventh time of of me, right? And and um, Sven, of course, is usually right. I mean, he's he's noted like. Uh, uh, every time you think that you know the the capacity for the uh, American to and, and uh, to um, suffer more humiliation has been exhausted, they just keep suffering more humiliation. So I don't know, but I, I'm not gonna you know say like oh this is this is it now it's really you know people people are gonna get fed up because um, that's probably not true unfortunately, but people are definitely starting to get hit and feel hit in their pocketbook in a really direct way in a way that we really haven't seen since the 1970s with of course the crucial difference that circa 1977 1978 i mean okay america you know there was this humiliation with the iranian embassy but not people i don't think I mean, okay maybe people feel like it was a point of national pride or something but at least there was a national pride to, to be wounded uh, and nobody, I mean, and, and, and a, maybe the American people were, were were negative about it, but there was no serious um, geopolitical rival or threat circa 1977, 1978, right? I mean, it, it just wasn't the case that um, the, the the Chinese or Russian, I mean, maybe Russia to some extent, but I, already the Cold War was was, uh, was entering a different phase, and and I think people understood that that. Um, Russia wasn't, you know, people in the know certainly understood that the Russian military wasn't wasn't very much of a threat to to the American hegemony um, worldwide, and and now we're in a position where like the the monopolar world uh, is, that existed is gone, is gone. and yeah, the Chinese and the, have the Chinese have space, like you know, like <laughs> literal, yeah, space lasers, right, and, and and hypersonic weapons that we have no defenses for, and um, right. So yeah. it it it's a different it's a very different right. and, overall and, and the reason we don't don't have those things we need to make this very explicit the reason we do not have those things is not because we're not capable of well we aren't capable oh, yeah. uh, well, the, the reason we don't have them yeah, is because right. we have spent the last two decades babysitting um, negroes 
Well, I mean that that and, and pursuing you know pointless wars in Central Asia. So, oh yeah, well, know, yeah. The, the reason you know all of these problems are of course all of a piece and they're all related. But you know these dispossessed Virginians who you know tried you know uh, to to when nothing changes, you know when Jimmy Dore, who's uh, I think an honest leftist, you know says I, I, he's not getting anything in you know healthcare and and the fake jabs and like. All of this stuff, all of this is is all of a piece, and fundamentally, what Charlottesville was about was protesting this evil system and saying it is evil because it seeks to destroy, you know, white crest, uh, white Christian Western civilization, and replace it with a mongrelized, cultureless, raceless, religionless. Uh, IQ cased society with the Jews on top and and it, this melange of um, consumers underneath them, and that's the the fundamental problem is that it you know that society can kind of sort of work in small doses when there's still enough white working class guys to you know pull the oil out of the ground and. Uh, you know, do all the necessary stuff and, and keep the sea lanes open and, and keep your cheap plastic crap from flowing from China. But, uh, you know, any minor disruption in the system and it falls apart. And that's what we're seeing right now with, you know, the $60, uh, uh, you know, turkeys and, uh, and all this stuff, you know, like this is a fundamentally evil and unsound system. And the fact that our guys protested against it, um, and in favor of a saner, better, more moral system uh, is why that they're being come down on. It's why the January 6th people were being come down on. It's why uh, the FBI is more interested in this you know, little conversation we're having than actually catching you know, criminals. Right. And, and that's... I think that that's the important thing is that you look at all of this together and when you view it through the lens of white self-assertion, self-confidence and advocacy for our own interests as exemplified by Charlottesville is what they're most afraid of because otherwise it all falls apart. You know, uh, then I th I think a lot of things kind of come into focus. Yeah, I I, um, I I don't know I don't think I have really anything anything to add to that. Um, other than you know just to keep hammering on this message of of uh, it's really important to build social capital with with people in your immediate environment. This is this is um, I don't know, I've seen weird. I don't know how much, how much I should really, how much credence I should give it for, um, you know, how much it really matters. But there, there's some, I, I've seen a lot of, it's like people seem more or less our guys or, or, or certainly just sympathetic and just kind of understand what's going on and why it's, ha why, why it's going on, um, who nevertheless are skeptical of pool parties and any kind of IRL meeting and I, I just don't understand I mean it's just so self-defeating I, I really don't know 
what to do with that. I mean, I I understand being hesitant. I understand, you know. Um, I mean, there are risks, and I, and and I, I obviously you got to be prudent, and maybe the pool parties aren't a thing for you. Maybe you're more interested in something like the Proud Boys. I'm not, I'm not you know, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Sure. Uh, um, I, I think the pool parties are perfectly fine. Whatever. What this this goes to show you, you know, in, in a in a land of what you know, five dollar gas. You know, uh, meat is meat is like smoking, and we're going to like get it out of society. And crop failures all over the world, and all this other stuff. Knowing a guy who has, uh, you know, family bought a side of beef, you know, when it was still only five dollars a pound versus fifteen in three months or whatever it might end up being um, who you can trust that, 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 that might matter a lot. And, and the system itself isn't going to take care of you, right? You know, normal decent people in Virginia are going to learn that Glenn Youngkin is not interested in, I mean, he might be interested <laughs> in helping them like, like, like bringing inflation down or prices down, but that's only to save his own skin. He's not going to interests. And so what, people need to do is form solid like internal solidaristic networks are the only solution we have going forward right um, it pains me That's, to say this but yes. you know you know there's not a single church that you can count on there's not a single uh in, you know, university institution there's not a single uh think tank that you know i mean when, when the best is like claremont that's <laughs> like you know there's there's no institution that we have left that we can count on that will advance the interests of ordinary white people. And so internal solidaristic networks are the only thing we have going for us. And I would say at the moment, again, I, I, I hesitate, I guess I, I overspoke or, or, or I just want to be clear about something. When I say, you know, people say often there's no political solution. I think, I think that that needs to be, um, what is politics, right? Like the the you know the, all kinds of things are political that that don't as that may not you know meet certain definitions. Um, I, I think I think it's we'll see. I think there's a lot that's still up in the air. Uh, I guess is 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 how I'd put it. And yes, at the moment, the only thing we can do, and the, really the most important thing for us to do, is to form these, as you said, internally cohesive, solidaristic networks. Um, Moving forward, I do think it's a distinct possibility, if not maybe to some extent an inevitability. You're you're going to have some, you know, they're, they're, the cat ladies and the COVID ants and and the wine moms are beyond salvation. <clears throat> and there's some percentage of you know essentially white race traders who are just going to be unreachable. Their, their their brains have been fried on Jewish propaganda for too long and and whatever. Um, but. The thing about the Yunkin election that gives me hope, to some extent, is is um, just the be- you're seeing the beginnings and 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 of of I wouldn't know if it's quite white the it's the beginnings of a white solidarity it's the beginning or at the very least of of normal white people I saw the the most telling statistic that I saw was was there was uh there was about a twenty five point shift in white women without college. Educations. They were. They had been about fifty percent, fifty percent in Virginia. Um, Trump Biden, 
and it was now 75%, 25% for Youngkin. And that's not because Glenn, they think Glenn Youngkin is, you know, they don't give a shit about any of that. That's purely because Glenn Youngkin doesn't want to let trannies in their bathrooms and doesn't want their white children being taught that they should hate themselves for being white, right? And and that's what that's about. So, uh, so I think as like the system is in a, is in an interesting place. I I I see it as, as almost in in chess terms. I'm not a huge chess player, but um, you know, in in chess, there's this. It's a it's called a fork, I believe, where where um you get a knight in one spot and you got to choose which piece he's going to take. Precisely. And yep. and so like that's you know Warren identified a f- one fork that the system is in. They're going to have to choose, and we I think we all understand that they're going to choose power over legitimacy, and we should all make plans accordingly. Um, but as a, as a similar kind of choice or a fork that they're in, they're 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 going to have to choose between dialing down, dialing back some of the anti-white rhetoric, because e- even just in purely electoral political terms, it's it's. It's costing. It's costing them. It's causing them problems. Um, I don't think they wanted to lose Virginia, right? I don't think they wanted no. to lose the governor's mansion, and 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 it's going to be a, a thorn. And even if even if Yunkin is is you know owned by Jews, we all understand all the problems here. It's it just. I think it's very much similar to Trump. Like, okay, Trump is in with Roy Cohn. Trump is a shill for the 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 Nats and the you know hardcore, just you know genocidal Zionist faction of the Jews, nevertheless, they didn't want him, right? And it was a problem for them. They, they, they wouldn't have gone through all these lengths. They wouldn't have thrown their you know, credibility in, in, in a bonfire and set it on fire um, if, 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 if it were just like something they didn't really care about. Clearly they cared, and they cared about Virginia too, and they care about all this stuff. They, they, they don't like these results, and they're going to see more of these results on, uh, if, they, if they continue down the road uh, that they are of you know, elevating Ibram X. Kendi um, to the role of, you know, he's, I think he, he was this just not that long ago awarded a MacArthur genius grant. So he's, he's a system certified genius, right? Uh, so, so if the more that they do that, the more that it's going to cost them both in the short and in the long term. Um, on the other hand, you know, they have that, that decelerating costs them with their own, you know, insane, uh, uh, rabid foot soldiers, not even just the, the um, you know BLM and Antifa uh, types, but 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 also with you know obviously the the certain certain Jews and, and white liberals and, and so on, um, you know the, the people who are highly ideological uh, leftoids don't like it when they see the Democrat Party cuck, especially not they they're actually willing to tolerate. Uh, a um, an amount of cucking on economic issues that would be surprising if you didn't understand the JQ and just sort of you know how this all how this all works. Like they they they'll they'll deal with you know uh, uh, Biden quote quote unquote Biden by the administration selling them out on their economic priorities indefinitely. They 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 they'll they'll take that abuse. They're used to taking that abuse. They've taken that abuse for decades, if not longer. Um, what they're not going to take, what they're not going to tolerate. What they don't tolerate, what they haven't tolerated, what they really raise the stink about is is any kind of cucking on um, racial issues, any kind of uh, uh, détente or or attempted rapprochement with the with with with, with like w- anything that could be construed as white identitarianism, even if that it, to, and with the understanding that like 
you know, suburban white mothers of white children who, who, who don't want their children being taught um, to hate themselves, like in their, from their perspective, that in and of itself is white identitarianism. And, and of course, the New York Times blares that message and, and, and the whole, all the system media blares that message 24 seven. Um, so the, any kind of, any kind of detente on racial issues, even if it's just acquiescing to the demand that white children not be taught to, or even just the polite request that, that, that white children not be taught to hate themselves. Um, or, or, or your white daughter not be physically right, attacked exactly. in the bathroom yeah. of her high school. Exactly. Um, that is like, that's, that's going to provoke far more pushback from their own camp than, um, than, than any, you know, I'm like, they could give the corporate subsidies to Monsanto or whatever. I don't think I haven't heard them talk about Monsanto in, in pff, a decade or more, but you understand what I'm saying? Like that, they don't, they don't, they don't, that doesn't work them up. The, 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 the being told that, you know, uh, white people shouldn't hate themselves. That works them up. And that's uh, that, that. There's no. I don't see a way. From, they're going to have to choose, right? This is one of these another one of these forks that they put themselves in. They did it to themselves, and and they're going to have to deal with it. And I'm here with the popcorn, you know. Right. Well, yeah. I, I think that um, by essentially forcing um, you know suburban soccer moms to become white de, de facto white identitarians, um, they're creating a real problem for themselves, and. Uh, they're so um, insane, right? The the the, uh, the people who are uh, ideologically driving the bus are such weird nihilistic, um, you know. Uh, to quote myself, you know, they're they're like literally uh, imitations of Milton Satan, right? Like like uh, on cross-dressing Milton Satanist, right? Just uh, I'm going to create myself. The only thing that matters is my own will. I can, uh, you know, I can be a boy. I can be a girl. I can be a fish. I can be, you know, whatever the whatever ridiculous yeah. insane. That's that's the the people driving the bus. Um, you know, under under this this sort of liberalism, uh, which I would argue is inherent to it, and that's a separate discussion. Uh, inherent to liberalism itself, you know, the conservatives are classical liberals and say that this isn't it, but. Uh, under under the sort of liberalism that we live under now, you know, it's literally the, the most narcissistic wins, and that you know these insane uh, clinical narcissists are the ones in charge, and um, obviously somebody who's you know believes that they're a, a a girl trapped in a boy's body is quite mad, and they're going to impose uh, all these uh, you know bad choices on normal people that that maybe just want healthcare. And um, what you're ultimately doing, uh, you know, Jimmy Dore is one like deep dive on Wikipedia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> early life section from right. from being, uh, you know, and I, I don't think that there's much value in, in um, you know, going after these post leftists who are all just basically like neoconservatives now. Like, oh, you're, you're making the same journey Bill Crystal's father made, uh, you know, 50 years ago. Good job. Um you know, Amy Therese is just a, a, a pale imitation of, of uh, Irving Crystal. Um, with, uh, but if you want things like a functioning healthcare system, you have to have like a functioning society at at the base of it, and that was ultimately our objection to 
in Charlottesville of like we 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 like our functioning, you know, Anglo-Saxon Southern Republic. Thank you very much. Uh, we'd like to keep it. Um, and that you know the system said no, you can't have that because then we'd be right. frozen out. And uh, and that's what's that's what's at at stake here. And I think the more you put it in terms of not like left versus right, but like, like in order to be functional, in order for your kids to receive an education that is meaningful, right. Where they can compete in the world job market. Um, I guarantee you like no one in, uh, Mumbai, uh, there, there are no, uh, I mean, there might be, uh, but they're here in the United States. There are no, um, What's the what's the term for the uppercase there? Uh, uh, Brahmin or there there are no Brahmin, uh, you know, no Brahmins uh, going on and on about um, you know uh, uh, the, the historically oppressed Dalits and how we need to uh, interrogate our privilege and not do calculus. <laughs> you know, there there are no Chinese people who are like. You know, we Han have really kind of screwed over these uh, these Mongols in the past. We need to interrogate our privilege and perhaps uh, center center uh, non Han Chinese people in the discourse more in China. And um, and uh, you know, to the extent that they're doing that, it's it's, it's on the margins and 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 uh, I, I, you know, wherever they are, they must subvert. So it, it's possible that those things are going to happen in China or in India or wherever. But for the most part, they're not interested in it. And uh, our society is, you know, like, you know, the, the average boomer person who, you know, loves the Constitution and Second Amendment, all this other stuff. Like, when you when you tell them, nah, man, USA stands for usury, sodomy, abortion, it was always getting in this way, uh, then then people can, can and will do better to, to understand that you know we have to choose an alternative, and this Charlottesville trial is ultimately about like what you know which way do you go? Do you go to a functioning society that that is ethnically coherent and uh, and ultimately you know based in logos or dharma as some you know like or or do you go to this insane, unmoored, completely nihilistic and arbitrary you know just just madness? And I think that. Uh, you know, for the most part, most people aren't interested in, in kind of the finer points and distinctions of like exactly where and how the nihilism sits in. And I think they just want to live someplace where, you know, gas is under three bucks and, and food isn't too expensive. Well said. Um, we, I could go on. I could expand on that, but I think, I think we're probably running a little short on time. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to to say, or no? I, I think that that's a. I think we basically covered it. And I again uh, check out the hyphen. Uh, the bo- yeah, Spectre's check Spectre's out, coverage. Has you been, should be reading it anyway. It's got great journalism generally, but but Spectre's coverage has been really really good. Yeah, and, um, and please. Yeah, you know um, the the cool guys will be back. This stumbling. <laughs> stuttering retards uh, back in the not this is a fat quick talking uh 
caliper needing rock uh, adjudicated uh, crania, yes. Um, as for myself, uh, we do the National Institute for Gamer Review slash Culture Terror. Uh, we just we had a um, just I think a really it, it, a different take on the Dune um, remake movie than uh, some others, but I think it's, there's some good stuff in there and 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 Dune posting. Is yeah, always, it was excellent. Oh, glad excellent. you enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, you can check that out. And I'm um, still working on getting uh, right wing Dahmer squads back up. We've, we've had some hiccups, but I think um, I think we're finally ready to to start. Just oh, I shouldn't say that, but we're we're I'm 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 gearing up to to put the rest of the back catalog on. So um, yeah, uh, as always, hope every, you all have enjoyed, and um, uh, definitely thank you. Big shout out to Coach. Thank you for joining us, especially in short notice. So I'm looking forward very much to hearing his conversation with with uh, Chris Cantwell. Um, yeah. Till next time. Uh, I don't have a great stinger, so I will just say, see ya, Kyle. Collapse. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Frank. Sorry about that. I just totally... Oh, that's okay. Wait, oh, shit. I had that. a great beginning, and I forgot not the... Anyway, I do need to run